Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio! This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us! Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that doc, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I think wrestling is for fucking retards. What's going on, Yakuza Kick Radio? Back at it, at least, uh, again, this time, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. It, it, you know, I always say, like, back or some shit, but, like, it's not like I'm going to do this shit again next week, in all likelihood, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, it's kind of sporadic at this point. Um, but anyway, what's going on? I uh, Since our last chat, I uh, turned 44, so I uh, went out to AC, as I like to do every year. I uh, went out there, spent the night at the ocean. Um, we walked over to um, the Lucky Snake Arcade. That was like our game plan. It was like not only would we do our normal, you know, kind of deal, we'd get wall burgers, hit the casino a little bit, you know, there's a room and all that. And um, But this time we were going to spend some time in the arcade, which it worked out great. Um, so... For those who don't know, the Lucky Snake Arcade is the new showboat attraction that is being boasted as the largest arcade on the East Coast. Um, that might be true. Um, it definitely had some size to it. Um, tons of shit in there. T- 
tons of stuff to play, and you know, I I had a great time. Um, really, um, unorganized type deal. You know what I mean? Like it, it looks unfinished. It looks like a bunch of people just like moved an arcade out of you know, like they robbed three Dave and Buses and stuffed it in the the, the showboat. Because you could tell it's like still like a casino that they just kind of put some like tarps up over here and tarps over there and it just kind of stuffs all these games in there and shit. And it's cool because honestly, like in Atlantic City, they need a lot more family attraction. Like based off of this alone, we're already planning on bringing our kids there. And then, you know, we'll do the same thing. Like we spend a night, we'll get a couple of rooms. Um, and then, you know, we can bring the kids to you know, and actually play arcade games and stuff like that, and, you know, go walk around the boardwalk a little bit, um, show them all the sights and everything, that, but have enough entertainment there for them, too. Um, next year, Showboat's open in um indoor water park, and then I saw, um, when I went, they're starting an indoor go-kart track fucking, like, next month or some shit. So, I mean, they, they got a lot planned with that, and I think that's a really, really good idea. I mean, they're off and running with it because everything was up and operational. It had, like, the card system, like a Dave & Buster's. So, you know, you went in and, you know, you charged your card, whatever the fuck. But, like, we walked around that bitch looking for, like, where they were selling the cards, where there was, like, a human being that worked there. And, like, I, I it, it was hard to find fucking anybody. It was a ghost town. But, um, I mean, it worked for me because once you, once you figured out there was, like, little, like, kind of ATM machines that you can just get your card, it would drop out of there and shit, put whatever you want on it. You can recharge it, do whatever you want to do, but you didn't really need people. Um, so, I mean, that shit worked out well, but, yeah, it was just kind of awkward. It was like, wow, all this shit here. And But, again, I had a good time, and um, everything was pretty operational. You know, I've seen fucking staffed-up arcades with way more out-of-order shit than this joint had, so... I mean, maybe they just tucked their employees away, and if some shit broke, they, you know, dropped down from the ceiling, fixed that shit up, and disappeared. You know, um, you know that shit is cameraed up from being a casino, so it's not like they're too worried about, like, you know, destruction or theft or anything. I bet you start acting stupid, people will pop the fuck out of nowhere, but, uh, but yeah, man, it, it was, it was a lot of fun, then we went back to the ocean after that, and, um, they had these banging-ass, um, ice cream sandwiches that were like a brick shit was big as fuck and um they had like uh chocolate ones and uh or, or um not chocolate uh peanut butter and chocolate um then they had a uh, mint chocolate chip one we got we got one of each and then we split them so that way we could have you know some of each and shit so but yeah it was good um good time as as always and uh yeah Sure, we'll do it again. Well, actually, you know, soon we'll do it again with the kids and all that. Um, let me see. What are I don't want to fucking start on this shit. Um, uh, rest in peace, of Gilbert. Um, you know, Gilbert Godfrey was, uh, you know, a legendary comic. I mean, he he did a lot of different shit, and his voice, you know, stood out being um. Yeah, as crazy as his voice was. One of the craziest voices of all time. You know, like, I mean, really, like, so iconic. There, There's no way, like, if you did, like, a dead-on Gilbert impression, anyone would guess anything other than Gilbert Godfrey. I mean, that, that guy, um, you know, he, he had a uniqueness about him that 
you just couldn't match. And, you know, his voice stood out to the point of being a you know, parrot in Aladdin and an Aflac duck, but he still didn't give a fuck, and he, he was just brutally fucking uh, just vicious as a comic. You know, he didn't give a fuck uh, about language or PC or any of that type of shit. He, st- he stuck to the fucking program, and nothing was off limits. And that was just, that's how he rolled. And uh, I didn't even know he was sick. I mean, he had been doing... Um, I hadn't listened to, like, his, his regular podcast um, in a bit. The I forget what the hell it was called. Like, a mo- a Amazing Colossal <laughs> Podcast or some shit like that. It was a lot more words than that. But, um, but I had heard uh, one of the few guests that Artie had on when Artie Lang came back for, like, a little stint with his podcast is he brought Gilbert back on. And, you know, like, it was always a favorite person for Artie to talk to, as was Norm MacDonald. Like, the type of consistent times that you would hear Gilbert's name, Bob Saget's name, um, Norm MacDonald's name out of Artie's mouth alone and have all three of these guys gone. Like, it's, it's you know, and it's obviously the, uh, the go-to would be like, how is it not Artie? I, I, you know, obviously that's, the irony in it, but in the same token, like, it's just, I, I think about that dude, you know, I think about what he must be going through, because we lost three fucking icons, three comedic icons, and, um, you know, I mean, for someone to have known all three of those guys personally, those guys had, you know, big parts in his career and everything else, so I, I hope he's doing all right out there, but, yeah, it's a, it's a shame, and, uh, you know, you see so many of these guys that just these iconic names, whether it be the singers, the comedians, really brings life to, to focus. You know, it shows you that you know, nobody's invincible. We're only here for X amount of time, and you don't know what the fuck X means. Ain't nobody does. You know, you, you think, oh, I got a while in this and that. Case uh, Lay died. Rest in peace of Case Lay. Uh, I think he was 55 years old, died of COVID, you know? I mean, people fucking around with all this shit, acting like it can't happen, but absolutely fucking can. And and Case Lay, that dude, uh, I mean, he he introduced Papoose to to hip hop. You know, Papoose was doing hip hop. Papoose was, you know, as talented as he is, but he gave Papoose the platform. And then he once he he realized what Pap had. Because I think Pap was saying on uh, Drink Champs that at first Case Lay kind of blew him off, and then he um, he doubled back to him and like kept fucking pushing on him like Nah man like listen to my shit, and when he finally did he was like Oh fuck, and you know once once he caught on with him, you know Papoose's initial push into being known. He just put mixtape after mixtape after mixtape, and Slay was the one putting every one of the motherfuckers out. That was his guy. And, uh, yeah, that's that's wild. Uh, again, I didn't even know he was sick. I didn't, I didn't really hear much about it. Not that, you know, I'm in contact or anything like that, but, you know, you would hear, like, critical condition or some shit like that, you would think. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's a shame. So rest in peace, K. Slay. Rest in peace, Gilbert Godfrey. Um you know, two two talents in, in their respective businesses. Um, yeah. Um, let me see what else. 
So I didn't, I, you know, I caught some of these uh, WrestleMania weekend shows, um, bits and pieces of things. Um, ROH seemed to have a pretty good thing going for them. Um, I, their roster looked pretty good, you know, the the way that they set some shit up, you know, throughout that card, it, it just, it was pretty stacked. You know, that shit doesn't really keep my attention. It, um, it's good and all. Hold on. There we go. My headphones came unplugged. You know, it's good and all, but I'm just not that into wrestling anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, Partially because... Hold up. I think wrestling is for fucking retards. (laughs) But besides that... No, I don't know. It just doesn't. It just doesn't hold my attention for as long anymore. Um, sometimes I wish it does. Uh, it would, you know what I mean. And and I can get into certain matches and shit like that, and I could get that kind of vibe again, like I'm excited and shit, you know, to to see this matchup or that matchup. But it's rare anymore. And um, you know, like I said, it's it, it just becomes something that's really not for me. You know, not that like a, and I'll shit on it because I think it's funny. But you know, I don't. You know. To the people it appeals to, I get it, because it definitely appealed to me, you know, heavily for a long, long time. But, um, but yeah, so the WrestleMania thing, um, I caught some of, I, the Austin thing I saw, because I had heard a bunch about it, and, um, I thought that whole thing was kind of cool. Um, for the sake of Kevin Owens, you know, he looks up to a guy like Austin. Austin... Yeah, he's a woman beater, but um, he's, you know, he's an icon in wrestling, you know. And, um, I mean, you can't deny that that, that's what he is. Just like, you know, DMX is a dog-killing piece of shit, but, I mean, he put out bangers, though, you know. And and Austin is one of the biggest names of all time in in wrestling. You know that. I mean, it's, it's a huge thing when Austin shows up. And especially, he's wrestling a match again in Texas, like, what kind of shit. And, you know, again... Kevin Owens, even though he's Kevin Owens and he has been for a while, I remember watching Kevin Steen out there, you know, when the when the Canadians came over and he was Packard pile driving motherfuckers and and then you know, they, he went over to California after we watched a whole bunch of them on the East Coast with CZW and I'd watch his IWS stuff um that he was doing in Canada. And then, you know, he'd show up on on PWG and him and Super Dragon battling and all that shit. So, like, there's still, like, you know, and when he got fat as fuck, I stopped really being too much of a fan of his because it was like, Jesus Christ, dude, he he looked like Chaz Bono. Now he's joke about it on the show all the time. But he's still, like, an indie guy. He's still, like, to me, like, one of our guys. You know, that that era of indie wrestling, those just... I have a soft spot for that, you know, when you see even like the uh, Brian Danielsons and the CM Punks and the, all these guys, Joe, and, you know, you see these guys on TV and shit and you're like, oh, that's, that's dope. I like seeing that shit, you know, cause it's, it's the people that, you know, and it's funny because you get these jerk offs like, um, yeah, Don Tony, you know, who, who's insanely fucking popular and he makes Tons of money off of his shitty opinion. But, like, this guy, I'll never forget back when I used to listen to his shit. He he would always call 
Ring of Honor and, and CZW and all those things like B-shows. Oh, that's just like a B-show. That's off-Broadway. That's not, that's not really something I'm into. And now that all these same guys, at the same time that he was talking about that shit and so dismissive over everything that was indie that wasn't run by Frank Goodman or XPW, this guy would continuously shit on it like it was just not good enough, so he wouldn't even give it the time of day. Like, yeah, I'm not really into that. He's sucking all their dicks now, I bet. You know? I haven't listened to his shit in years, but I guarantee you if you went – and listen to his show, he's covering every move that those same fucking off-Broadway cats were doing. You know, now now every fucking thing they do matters. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. It's, uh... But again, to me, like, I don't even have to be that into, you know, the shit that's going on, but just just even at, at a glance, seeing this stuff on TV, seeing this guy against this old, you know, Stone Cold versus, uh, Kevin Owens, that's, that's that shit, you know, because you know what it means to him, you know, that was a guy that he grew up watching and idolizing, and now he gets the chance to have this moment in the ring, yeah, I looked at shit, like, even as, as, uh, like, as simple as, like, how he took that fucking stunner, it was like, you know, that shit went through his mind a hundred times, like, Yo, the the rock would fucking stand on his head every time he took the stunner. This guy would take the stunner this way. This guy would take the stunner that way. And, like, he, he did that shit where he, like, took the fucking stunner, popped up off of one leg, and then fucking flopped it. And I know he fucking thought that shit over and over and over to figure out how am I going to sell this fucking move because it was like a dream of his to be, to be in that position. So I just, I thought that shit was cool in itself. Again, I'm not an Austin fan. I recognize what he is to wrestling and all of this, but give a fuck about him or anybody else beating women. And um, and I don't know, like beer drinking redneck never really like was right uh, like up my alley. So I don't, I don't know why. Like so many people are so into that shit. Like, but whatever. Um, I know the I understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that whole moment was really cool and um good for him, you know, um, what else, oh, uh, Matt Tremont's garbage, um, you know, I've been saying this for a while, the dude's definitely addicted to some shit, um, and, and he's just downward spiraling, and it, and it's gotten to the point where now, like, it's so ridiculously blatant and disrespectful that, like, I, I, I don't understand how people aren't calling him out on this shit. I don't understand how, like, people are still showing up at his shows. Like, just, I mean, not that there's a lot of people showing up at his shows. But, you know, like, WrestleMania weekend. This guy no-showed GCW and, well, pretty much the day before said, oh, I, I'm, I'm still trying to find a flight. What the fuck are you talking You own a fucking company. You own a fucking school. You, you are are a a deathmatch veteran, legend, whatever you want to call yourself, didn't have a fucking flight arranged for WrestleMania weekend, like, sooner than the week of? That's some old druggy shit. That's some old fucking weird, shady shit. Oh, I, I can't get a flight. What the fuck you mean you can't get a flight? Like, 
That shit doesn't make any kind of fucking sense. It's not like you didn't know WrestleMania weekend was happening. You know fucking next year what the fuck state that the – I forget what they announced for uh, WrestleMania. But wherever the fuck that is, that's where WrestleMania weekend is going to be at. Like all the indie shows are going to be right around there fucking two days, three days prior. And you, you know that shit. You could book a fucking flight to that area now. The fuck kind of shit are you talking about? I, I didn't get a flight. So that's some old bullshit. That that's some old sucker shit. That, and and to not even explain to the fans, and that that's the other part that to me, I look at it and I'm just like, oh, now he's on some real bullshit. Because he brother brother brothers everybody for their fucking money, you know, as as fans. And oh, thank you, brother brother. You mean so much, brother. Oh, no, I mean it, brother. You guys mean so much to me, brother. But. Yeah, you just don't show up for a whole fucking weekend, and you don't, like, really jump on the fucking Facebook or anywhere and go, hey, guys, sorry, I wasn't fucking there, I had a this and that happen, and, and it just, it sucked missing those bookings, and my apologies to this one or that one, yeah, I mean, that's just normal shit that, by the way, he used to do. You know, I mean, it, this isn't just, like, my standard, what I feel, because I ain't in the fucking business, and I don't give a fuck, but... You know, I've seen countless guys miss bookings, and they would fucking explain to the people who they're trying to sell merch to on a regular basis. They're trying to get people to show up at shows because they're at shows. So if they say they're going to be at a show and then they don't go to the fucking show, well, what the fuck would I buy a ticket to see you next time if maybe you'll be there or maybe you won't? So it's kind of your obligation to explain to the fans what the fuck's going on with you if you just don't show up at a weekend that you were booked on. So not only did he did it, do it on that one, he did it at fucking Cali. He did it at fucking Cali, completely fucking no-showed, and there was no fucking explanation. There, there was, again, no explanation, no nothing. On to the next H2O show, and then he, he's there. Because, you know, he lives there, so how the fuck is he going to avoid those shows? The only time this motherfucker shows up to a show is when it's in his house. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem. Um, you know when he's not showing up to those, you better look in the back room. Something stinks, you know what I mean? <laughs> Motherfucker didn't make it. But, um, yeah, like, weird shit. Like, putting out promos two days before the show, but you don't have a flight for it. Like, what the fuck? It, it's just it's just that shit. And, you know, like... His his wife, girlfriend, whatever, she's always looking for attention for herself and Matt. And, you know, she, she's she gone public with all this type of shit in the past and, and been, you know, either that overly aggressive, we just want our privacy, but Matt's in the hospital. What the fuck? You know what I mean? So now, again, the people that you're selling merch, selling tickets, brother, brother, brothering, the motherfuckers are like, what's wrong with my brother? And they're like, no, 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 don't even ask. It's our privacy. And it's like, you brought it up, motherfucker. Like, she's all about that type of business. So for her to be quiet, too, speaks volumes, you know. And and it's just it's just weird. Again, I don't give a fuck if any one of these wrestlers show up at any given show because I don't watch 90% of it. So I'm just saying, like, I, I'm speaking on how I'm seeing it from the outside and how I would feel if I was a fan that was paying money to, to look you know, to see this dude wrestle or, you know, whatever the case, you know, I just think it's shitty. And, um, I think it's a dirtbag move and I've been calling it for a minute with him. I, I, I didn't buy into this, this super nice guy shit. 
Um, and it's to me, it's been more obvious over time. Um, him allowing G. Raver into that fucking joint when he was as fucked up as he was, and you know, then after the fact, all the stories come out about how this guy was a junkie and he was he was beating women and he was doing this, he was doing that. He was scaring women or he was stalking, whatever the fuck he was up to. His, his whole spiel, whatever it was. Now everybody knew about it afterwards. Yeah, I can't believe that fucking guy. Oh, I can't believe you kept fucking bringing him in. Like, what? You don't take any responsibility for that? Remember, like, Marcus Crane was going to move on your couch and shit? Which, I mean, I don't know where in that building you put a couch, but all right. You know, he was going to move on the couch. He's dead now. So, like, the more I look at this circle, the more I see, like, this, this cesspool. And then you're bringing kids in and telling them, like, yeah, like, we'll teach you how to be a pro wrestler. And da, da. and this is just the filth that's... I, I can't respect it. I, I have no choice but to look at that situation. And then you hear about the Onita shit with the fucking baseball stadium. Thinking you were going to, like, fill a fucking baseball stadium. Like, you don't fill a fucking... Whatever the fuck you call that building. Tremont's apartment. You don't fill your apartment. How the fuck are you going to fill a baseball stadium? It's just everything just looks shady and shit. And he learned a lot of this shit from Ian, you know? So, you know, not meeting fucking ex- expectations and falling short on this money or that money and, and being weird with all the bookings. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of blueprint. I don't want to blame the shit on Ian. It's definitely not his fault for what somebody else is doing right now but you know by the way did did um i ever bring up that ian's kid was uh like grooming uh um a minor did that when that chick came out talking about uh since she was 12 he was he was trying to get with her and and trying to get like fucking crazy shit man it's like 90 percent of the people i have fucking problems with on this show, and I out or I say something about on this show, turn out to be the biggest fucking scumbags. It's almost like I see that shit coming. It's wild. Um, speaking of scumbags, um, XPW sucks. XPW fucking blows. They came on, uh, so it was, they had the two Cali shows. They had, uh, GCW, which started at like 11 or some shit, because it was Cali. And, um, XPW started at like 10, so I guess they had, whatever that is, 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock maybe they started over there. Um, I think it's three hours, right? But, uh, so I was like, well, let me just turn this on or whatever. For a fucking hour, they didn't even touch the fucking tournament. They had like a King of the Death match tournament, and uh, for an hour, they didn't even touch the fucking tournament. They had, like, this big ceremony for Supreme. Marched a bunch of fucking people out there. And and then, like, a bunch of shitty, shitty matches just, like, look like shindy workers. Just, just bad. I think they had, like, Silas Youngberg somebody, so I'm not saying, like, he's a shindy worker. But, like, pretty much everybody else was on that shit. They had some, like, fat dude licking a shovel and shit. It's like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? And uh, it was just bad. And then they finally get to the tournament. Um, I think I, I switched over to GCW. Their, the, um, 
I think once they, they GCW started, I switched over or some shit because I was just tired of fucking waiting. But I went back and I watched a little bit of the uh, XPW, which, again, was just, to me, fucking terrible. A lot of the matches were really short when they got to the death matches and shit. Um, the show was like seven hours long or some shit, you know? I mean, but by the time they got to the actual tournament, uh, that was, a, that was a long time into the show. Those motherfuckers sat there with non-tournament shit for over an hour just to fucking start watching this deathmatch. It just... I can't imagine not being burnt out in the crowd if if that's what you're doing. Um, especially by, like, the main and shit. And, you know, they, so... The one thing I was interested in seeing is how, how this uh, fucking Necro showed up because he you know he's looked like half dead and got in the ring and slack almost killed him that show and then he's like seemingly recovered from whatever cancer or whatever he had and uh he's like fatter now so like he at least has like weight behind him but that doesn't make a fucking difference and that clearly showed um because i watched him get knocked out in two fucking minutes um against uh big joe that dude from, uh, I think, the UK or whatever. He's a big dude. He, he's definitely an impressive fucking wrestler. Like, he, he's a strong motherfucker. He's, yeah, he, he's a wild dude. Um, but, uh, yeah, he knocked he knocked him the fuck out in two minutes. And, like, just, like, he just, like, fell down and shit. And it didn't, it just didn't look like, like a well-planned out shit. He looked knocked the fuck out. So, but, you know. Just keep thinking you could just, like, anger your way back into wrestling and, you know, like, oh, I'll fuck somebody up, will you, bro? Like, you're just going to go with the punching gimmick into your fucking 80s and, and, and think that's going to work out with, like, a big young motherfucker who will just fight you, <laughs> you know? Like, that I'm a tough guy shit was cool when you were younger because, yeah, you were a big, tough redneck. You're not going to be a big, tough, old redneck that's just ruling shit in wrestling. You're going to take beatings. That's the fuck's going to happen there. And if anyone's interested in booking them, you know, when it when it comes to that, because I didn't see any... They didn't get past the punching stage, and that's the other thing that makes me think that it wasn't really, like, all that planned, because they did no spots. They started off with, like, punching, and Necro got some shit off, and then he got some shit off. They went back and forth, and then Joe, when Joe lit him the fuck up, that was the end of the match. And it was like, I I mean, it didn't look like dope, like, oh, wow, that was that was well planned. I mean, maybe you could say that, oh, it was well done because you don't know if it was real or not. I don't know. Maybe. I'll give you that, I guess. But you still job Necro in two fucking minutes, so it's funny to me either way. Whether you got knocked the fuck out or jobbed on purpose in two minutes, fucking hilarious. So, good for that. Because he, he totally thought, like, he was posting all that shit before his comeback, like, he's about to put the deathmatch world on notice and shit. Well, I think they got the notice. Uh, <laughs> that, that was that. Um, fuck doors. I'm just, yo... GCW, ICW, CZW, everybody CW is using fucking doors instead of tables now because it's cheaper and it looks like fucking garbage. It doesn't look the same. I I don't know how to get this through to you motherfuckers, but, like, they're being overused. 
even for the doors not looking as good. You're using so many more of them because, you know, you should do one fucking table spot instead of fucking three door spots for the same price. You know, and I know you think, well, maybe more spots is better, but the doors don't look fucking good. They just don't. They don't look fucking devastating. I mean, I know countless fucking people punch holes in fucking hollow doors. I don't know anyone who punched a fucking hole in the table, personally, you know? And I know with, you know, the weight of the wrestlers and this and this, generally the tables break, you know, pretty easily because it's like that uh, fucking particle board or whatever the fuck would. So, you know, unless the Japanese tables or, you know, some of the other ones are just fucking resistant. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't see many people just, like, losing the bingo game and putting their hand through it. You know, it's got a little bit more to it. And I don't know. I just, it's been so overdone. At first it was like, ah, oh, an occasional door and shit saved us a couple bucks. And now it's like across the board, only doors. Like, straight up, like, tables are just out. I had heard something like tables I'd cost, like, 100 bucks a piece or something. I don't know, because I've never really, like, priced a fucking a wooden table for anything. But I had heard that they cost, like, 100 a piece. And I know, because I just replaced a bunch of doors here, you can get doors for, like, 30-something, 40-something. So, again, like... You know, three doors equals, like, one table, maybe. You know, or something like that. But I don't know. There, there's Wrestling has a long history with tables. To just write it off on the indie level with these doors and shit. You know, that's the other thing. is like, there's been such a consistent push over the years for everyone to downgrade with what the indies do. And to call it, you know, the, the B-film or whatever you know, you label it as, but not quite up to par with that. And so now in with your production, you're cutting corners on price, you know? I, it just, it doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. I, I'd find somewhere else to cut corners rather than the uh, production value. You know, when you look at, um, you know, the investment of it, I, I don't, I don't think your product looking cheaper you know, the the savings. I, I don't, you know. Yeah, I, that's just me. Like, the, I, it's just crazy to me that, like, you know, the days of seeing a fucking pyramid of tables and shit stacked and lit on fire and all of this crazy shit that we used to see. Like, pyramid of tables? Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> we don't want to buy one fucking table. We got, we got, like, 12 doors, though, that we're going to go through tonight. Like, why the fuck? You wouldn't use tables in three fucking matches of the night, but now that you got doors, fucking everyone uses them. And now, who gives a fuck? You know? Not that you should have gave a fuck about doors to begin with, but if you did before, you're not gonna now, because we got a stack of those motherfuckers, and we're gonna use them all. It's, you know... Again, even when the, the, the tables, with the, like a pyramid of tables, that wouldn't have followed a tables match. That would have been its own fucking thing. You know? It's usually like, you know, one big spot or they would have a couple, you know, in a match or some shit like that. But, you know, you wouldn't see it on four matches of the card usually. So, yeah, I don't know. It just fucking, they bother me. I don't like the fucking doors. Um, 
Zandig. Oh, man. Uh, so he, he did well. No, he didn't. Um, so that uh, that whole thing he did with the uh, arena where he worked with RF, like he said he wouldn't. Um, well, he was brought in by a vendor, and he was going to do autograph signings and this and this, and uh, at RF's convention. So I I say from the start, this shit is going to bomb heavy as a motherfucker, man. They got Bret Hart. They got the Hardys. They got all sorts of motherfucking names in there. And then John Zandig, who has done nothing for his fucking brand other than turn people off to it, screaming Trump shit and racist shit for the past couple of years. After, you know, he jumped off the fucking roof, broke his back and no-showed a bunch of times, and then went heavy fucking Trumper. And now it's like, I'll be here for autographs. Like, yeah, man, what are we going to do with the massive line that you're going to have? Like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? You're showing up out of nowhere for autographs. No one gives a fuck. And sure enough, as I said, no one will give a fuck. So he he went on top of that, and he went, uh, I'm going to do something big. Staple gun challenge, motherfucker. I'm going to get... 200 people, I think it was 200 people he wanted, to staple a $20 bill to my head. You bring the 20s, you know, so he's making another, was it 200 people? Or was it 100 people? I think it might have been 100 people. Because I remember hearing it was like two grand, the the total. I'm not doing math right now, but I'm pretty sure that's that's two grand. Um... Yeah, so it was, it was 100 people he wanted to, to staple a fucking $20 bill to his head. So he'd walk away with fucking another bloody two grand. Because in his mind, in his thick fucking head, he thought, I'd walk away with this fucking money, and we'd set some kind of world record because it's like one of those things that no one's ever done that shit before, so of course you're going to be the guy who did the most of that shit that no one ever wanted to do before. You know, it's like... Like, I, I put more Sour Patch Kids in my nose than anybody in the world. It's like, congrats, pal. Like, I don't know what the fuck you want from me. <laughs> That's, you know, it's one of those things. Like, just think of some stupid shit that no one's ever done before and then do a bunch of it and have someone, like, show up and document it. And be like, yeah, you're the king of that. All right. So, um, as expected, and I and I even fucked with him on on his page and said, like, you're going to have fucking, if you're lucky, you're going to have $80 stapled to your head. And, uh, you know, meaning like four people would do that shit. You wanted 100 You're going to have fucking $80, like, if you're lucky, right? That morning, he posted a picture with the fucking old school 2000, the staple gun shirt, CZW, the staple gun. I think it was from 2000, 99 or 2000, because it was definitely, like, right before I, I started attending, because I, I started in um, February 2001, and uh, the staple gun, uh, there was a, the Pyramid of Hell was 99, because um, I went back and I watched all those tapes and shit once I, I got super into CZW, so I saw all of it, but, um, yeah, I think that one was 2000, but, um, and he, he's wearing that shirt, and, uh, the white white one and shit, and he's like uh, holding the staple gun with his tongue out, and he's like, "Already, motherfuckers, or some shit." And uh, that was at fucking like, you know, ten o'clock in the morning or whatever the fuck. 
before he went to the, the venue. So then when he gets home, I see the fucking post that he posts, and it's like, uh, let me see. Can I, can I fucking pull it up? Let me see. See how long it takes. Definitely. Let me see, John. I'm not his friend on here, but he has a shit public, so. He unfriended me after uh, I disagreed with his trumping. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's wild. So this was this thing. Just got home from the event. Signed a bunch of autographs. Took a bunch of pictures. W.I. the pictures with fans. Um, made some people happy and made a couple dollars. I wish our area was a little more organized. Apologies for that. The challenge was not met. Have a handful of people asking about it. But it was so unorganized, I didn't even want to try to get it going. But I will offer this challenge in the future, different type of event, maybe. Ran into somebody that looked like Anita behind the arena. He went for the handshake, so I assume it was him. Gave him a fuck-off fist bump. Oh well, that's over. Gonna eat some lunch and take an old man nap. Um, so for a guy who woke up that morning amped with the fucking staple gun, let's fucking do this. Turnout wasn't so good, was it? No. But this is, this is what the fuck I said was going to happen. That there wasn't going to be a fucking turnout for John Zandig. Because he did shit for his brand. And in 2022, no one gives a fuck about a John Zandig. No one gave a fuck about John Zandig. When I started the fucking, I'm a John Zandig guy fucking one-man wave, <laughs> you know? You had a handful of people copping shirts. And not saying that, like, if, you know, they didn't give a fuck about you if they didn't give a fuck about the shirt or whatever. I'm just saying, like, first off, it was a dope-ass shirt. I still got them, but who the fuck wants <laughs> Who's jumping on that train now? Fucking no one. Um, but, you know... That shit, like, really didn't... He came back, and it got a pop. But, like, that shit died out pretty quick. It it, it wasn't... I'm telling you John Zandig got bigger pops back when he owned CZW and Youth Gone Wild hit. When Youth Gone Wild would hit unexpectedly, uh, unexpectedly during a CZW show especially, and he owned the fucking company, and you knew he was there. But when his music would hit a lot of fucking times, that building would fucking explode. Some of those little GCW appearances and shit, I don't don't know that the building quite did that, you know? That, uh, even the CCW out in the fucking, uh, TOD shit, where they buried DJ and all that. I, I don't know that he got the reaction that he would get back in the day, you know? And this is before he went all fucking Trump nutty. You know? I I just don't think that there's a chance that he draws at this point. I, I, I just don't. I think he's done too much in the, in the wrong direction. And not only that, selling his company that was his fucking... 
this was his CZ fucking, you know what I mean? Like, that was his shit, was, this is my shit, this is our shit, come to our fucking house, this is how we fucking do it over here, and then you sell it to this fat idiot who makes a mockery of your shit for all these fucking years, by the way, just recently had sold the fucking, uh, uh, all the CZW belts, they, I saw online that they were all sold to a private collector. You see that ugly-ass wired belt, uh, the world title, all the titles and shit, all sold off. So I think it's probably just more of this um, rebranding themselves, you know. But it, it's just ridiculous. Uh, Whoever is paying for those definitely overpaid because, again, the thrill is gone. Between DJ and Zandig, they they tag team fucking killed that company's fucking image and its cool factor. There's still old CCW shit that to me will always live fondly, but you're not going to get brand new fucking crowds rolling on that old library with a current fucking owner who, who's a joke, has been a joke for years. And, and a past owner who's fucking that trumped the fuck out. And half the fucking wrestlers that you're seeing on the fucking tapes are dead. You know, like, that's... It's going to be a way harder sell than it should have been. Motherfuckers should have been taken care of and, and, you know... People should have went less fucking nutty and found a way to keep that company intact and in the hands of people who who gave a fuck about it, not just had their own vision. This fucking vision... This guy used to eat just like twenty fucking nuggets, like like it was a like it was a snack, like it was a bag of fucking a ninety nine cent bag of chips. This guy would slam nuggets, like there was no tomorrow, like that was his vision. His vision was a box of fucking McNuggets. He didn't have a fucking profound vision. His vision was the dollar menu. Fuck out of here, you know what I mean? And, and you see, like he squints all the time and shit. Like what vision? He looks at the ceiling while he's fucking talking to the crowd. What the fuck are you looking at? He ain't got no fucking vision. That's that's what the fuck we got stuck with. And you knew who the fuck you were selling the company to. You took whatever offer you could get, and you got the fuck out of there. And in, in the long run, it helped to bury everything that you fucking created. So, congrats, guys. You you all did great fucking work for yourself. DJ, you've created a legacy of being a shithead and helped to ruin... Zandig's legacy that he he came back just to make sure that if it wasn't fucking gone, he's like, oh, and by the way, too many un-Americans in the Super Bowl. I'm not watching. It's like, all right, man, I think DJ's doing a great job killing it, but go ahead. Keep throw that on there. February, he said, when's White History Month start? Like, he legitimately posted that shit. Like, what the fuck? That's, uh... Yeah. So... Wonder why it was so easy for fucking Brett to take over with GCW. You know? But yeah, that's the you know, that's that weirdo shit that you know, I, I, I said from the fucking start with the Zandig event. I I don't I don't know what 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 the fucking game plan is. Like why would you really think with everything you fucking put out there? And everything that's been gone on and, and your giant absences, you're just going to pop back up to massive fanfare. Yeah. So, you know, is what it is. 
And and it's a shame because as I said before, I was a huge fan. Why the fuck would I want him to fail? Why why you know it wouldn't just be in my nature to be like, yo, that guy that I fucking supported the shit out of and and had custom made shirts to try to remind motherfuckers, you're like, yo, this was the CZW we loved. Like this this was the one. I'm a John Zandy. Fuck all this bullshit you're seeing in front of you now because there's some talent on the roster, but they're booking it like absolute trash. And it's just not, it doesn't have the edge it did before. And, and I kept fucking saying it and saying it and saying it. And then eventually just say, you know, I, I'm going to make this, I'm a John Zandy guy shirt. It's like the Paul Heyman shirts, but I'll have blood splatter on the, the John, you know, the whole thing. And, you know, what are you blind on the back? You know, throw my show shit on there. You know, and to me, I just thought it was a cool shirt. Like, I just wanted to own that shirt because I thought that was shit was cool. And then, you know, CZW even followed with, I'm a CZW guy shirt. That shit came out, like, right after my fucking shirts, like, like a couple months after, and, and, and people started showing up with them and shit. Just, you know, weirdo shit. But, um, but you know, that, that was why, like, you know, I, I put that shit out there because it was it was somebody I was that big of a fan of. I didn't want people to forget that guy. I didn't want I didn't want the memory of what CZW was to fade and 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 this because uh, the other thing that kept happening too is the the rewriting of history. People kept saying like, "Oh, DJ brought wrestling into CZW. It used to be just death matches." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You know, like the Briscoes, the SAT, the Quiet Storm, Trent Acid, like, I, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And even at that, like, you're even saying that uh, Nick Cage can't wrestle, like, that he's just a deathmatch guy, which wasn't really the case at all. You know? It wasn't, like, back then, too, like, Cage didn't wrestle glass matches, like, every month. There was no fucking way. They, they, shit like that didn't really go on back then. It was only, you know, on a more recent handful of years that they turned some companies and, and some wrestlers have gone, like, the, the Big Japan route, where, like, every fucking match is a death match. And as I've said before, I think it's it's killed the, the genre. But, um, but, yeah. Oh, the other thing I want to say about XPW... Um, the Schlack one, they, and that, it helped me realize that it's too late. It's just too late. They've already killed this guy. They've already killed this monster. It's it's too late. Not not only because I don't give a fuck about XPW, and there's really nothing they can do to make me give a fuck about XPW, outside of doing, like, really crazy, off-the-wall, extreme shit, like when they almost killed Vic Grimes and threw him off the fucking scaffold. Like, shit, if they started doing shit like that, I'd watch, you know, because that's fucking crazy. Um, but I don't, you know, I wouldn't recommend any of these wrestlers go do that shit if they care about themselves. But, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, um, Slack won, and, and he did the whole smashing the trophy gimmick, and, you know, he's trying to sell it on Twitter, talking about he wants the belt. Belt Rob and all fuck Rob Black and all this other shit and then Rob's going back at him online. Oh, you know you, you didn't have to handle it this way. And I, I just don't give a fuck. I just, and it's such a shame too because Schlack is it was one of the most believable characters I've ever seen in wrestling, like ever. I mean, 
even amongst like the the old WWE guys, when you talk about like Savage fucking Beast, and you just look at the the actual image of the wrestler, like just look at a still picture of this motherfucker, and like you would see like that, like guys like Ming, you know, back in the day, you know, you would see like these these guys, and just like a still photo, you'd be like, I ain't fucking with that guy, like that's that's the type of motherfucker you want as a wrestler, you know. There's there's plenty of bad motherfuckers, and when they get out there, they're going to show you how bad they are. But there's guys that you can see from fucking three miles away, and you're like, that's not the fucking guy to play with today or tomorrow or any other fucking day, you know? Um, so I, that's that's what Schlack always was. He didn't really need to do a whole fucking lot. But every fucking time he was getting jobbed and jobbed and jobbed, had Jimmy Lloyd throw him, uh, or he threw Jimmy Lloyd off the fucking top of a, like, scaffold, whatever the fuck, balcony type shit, and Jimmy Lloyd gets the win in that match. Like, what the fuck? Schlack took so many first-round exits from fucking deathmatch tournaments. Yeah, that shit sounded like the beginning of, like, a roast joke, but I don't have a punchline at all. Like, I, but <laughs> seriously, like, Schlack took so many first-round exits. Um... Yeah, I mean, it just, it killed it. it and I understand, you know, um, a lot of his his wrestling wasn't as polished or might have been considered a little sloppy here and there or whatever. Someone had to get together with this guy and, and come up with a formula of a match. He's worked with enough veterans. He's worked with enough guys that could definitely, you know, you, you know those wrestlers that can kind of make you look good and, and you kind of learn from that experience and, and then you kind of learn how to make you look good via the things that they did to, to spotlight your strengths and hide your weaknesses and shit like that. And you, you kind of learn that over time. Just, I would think, you know, uh, I've seen at least with wrestlers, you know, guys that weren't that good and kind of found their space, you know, and there was some moves that Schlack would just botch all the fucking time. I mean, stop fucking doing those moves. You know what I mean? There's a couple others that you could probably do without a fucking problem. And, you know, I think he found his way in a lot of those things. Um, I don't think he works terrible matches or anything like that. But in the process of all of this, he just took so many fucking losses to so many just, like, slouches and, and, and just too easily, just too easily fucking lost. And it's just too late. You can't you can't put him on the fucking top of a poster for a company and and build a company around him anymore. There, there's too many losses on the record. Now it's like you know what the fuck. This is why too over the years why people continue to shit on Loki. He won't job to this guy. He won't job to that guy. Because at the end of the fucking day, he's a tiny little fucking guy that has a dominant guy persona that people buy into because he's been consistently a bad motherfucker and he's not taking losses to just anyone so if someone actually does book him on some big shit and he he decides to fucking take that loss to such and such and now it's a bigger fucking thing and that's you know a lot of the philosophy that you know those guys would idolize from watching you know japanese wrestling you know some of those guys the streaks would be insane like this dude has never fucking beaten that guy oh they had so many classic matches yeah but he never won like special when the wind finally happens you know um so i don't know like i just think when you overdo those losses like that you just you kill the character and schlack didn't do himself a lot of favors either because i really don't know what the fuck happened 
Um, I, I asked him countless times where the fucking promos went, and he just, just stopped doing them. He was doing them consistently for GCW initially. He was doing them like every fucking show. And I understand like some of the editing and stuff that he was doing in there is time-consuming and everything, but more than anything, it was him talking and his, you know, comedy, you know, because he was, he was funny doing that shit. And he he would throw out some comedic fucking silly ass shit and have his just nutty ass look that he just wakes up looking like, and you know, people were fucking into that, and that just went away too. That didn't help the brand either, you know. But then again, you're cutting promos every fucking show and losing every show. Then who gives a fuck, you know? Like it, the whole thing. I, I just think he was terribly used, but he also allowed that shit. So I, I can't just put shit like that on companies, you know, when when you look at companies and be like, oh, you're not using such and such right. Well, they, they're fucking showing up and allowing that shit. They're, they're agreeing to whatever the fuck's going on for your viewing, you know. And some people just, you know, play along, you know, to, to get their spot. You know, you're a good company guy until you get your spot. But, you know, eventually if your spot never comes, you got to move the fuck on or you got to put the fire to them and be like, yeah. I'm fucking bringing people in here. I got the fans going crazy. Got the biggest pop of the night. Well, so, you know, you got to fucking throw me a bone here. You got to, you know, not make me look like a shithead every fucking month. And and I'm pretty sure, you know, a couple of those promoters are going to bend a little bit, you know. I mean, maybe not all. And, you know, again, I'm I'm not part of the fucking business or anything like that. So I'm not telling you, like, I know how to do this shit. But I'm saying a guy like Schlack looking the way he fucking does by all fucking rights, should have got a lot more fucking push early on. Or at least some shit that made it look like you really had to, like, pull some old wild shit. Like, back in the day, CZW, good example. Um, Hate Club versus the Blackout. They hooked Nate Hatred up to a fucking four-wheeler. They had Robbie Marino bring in a four-wheeler, and they they hooked him up to chains on the fucking four-wheeler and drug him out of the fucking thing so they could double-team Nick Gage and fucking win the match. You know, I think it was like no DQ or whatever the fuck, and they drug him the fuck off. That's what you do with a monster. Like, you got to do some shit like that, because otherwise he's killing you. So, I I just, I don't think enough thought was ever put into uh, character development or strength of... of, uh, you know, whatever uh, character, I guess. Um, I don't think any, any thought was it. It was just like, just keep hot shotting whatever fucking death match, whatever other match, whatever. And that's all they keep doing. They don't really worry about how this guy looks on paper or this guy looks on paper. And then eventually they, I guess, figure it out because then they make Alex Cologne like this untouchable force, you know. Where he, he didn't lose a fucking tournament over and over and over and over, but... That that's also overkill. You know, there's no balance to that. There's no, oh, this guy's a bad motherfucker, but oh, this guy beat him. You know, two out of five times, and that guy, you know, man, he went on a run where Alex couldn't beat him, but he finally got his win. Luckily, they haven't seen each other in a while, so you know, this guy's the X factor. If he's, you know, you can create some kind of fucking some kind of flow to shit, so it's not just all win or all loss. And then you can preserve your characters and you could build them into whatever you want at will because they're not buried too far in one direction or the other. Like, that's, I don't know. That's just how I see it from a fan standpoint because I see, like, okay, they're doing too much of this shit. 
to keep the fucking belt on Gage for two years. Now I don't give a fuck about the belt. Or every month they're switching the fucking belt. Now I don't give a fuck about the belt. Well, what made me like the fucking the title thing? Oh, well, when it occasionally switched hands and it had this going on or, or that going on and they'd switch the type of matches all the time and they'd escalate a feud where it started off as a match and then it went to... TLC, and then it went to fucking deathmatch. You know, shit like that. It didn't just go fucking straight to the deathmatch, and then we wrestle three times, and every time I win, but we just keep doing it, and what the fuck? Like, I just I just feel like it's, it's, it's just not thought out. There's no actual long-term plan behind any of it. But that's the, I get, like, a lot of what just turn me off to wrestling it's just like I felt like I cared more than they did and then when you had complaints it was like why don't you just enjoy the show and it's like but why the fuck like why <laughs> why are you not paying attention to any of this shit that, that affects your pockets more than mine I'm the one paying you're the one making money and I'm telling you like this is not this is not adding up like the shit that you're laying out here is, is amounting to shit just fucking clap Okay. No thanks. Uh, yeah, ROH also brought in Joe. You know, they brought in Samoa Joe, which is great. And um, I saw the match that he had with um, Suzuki on TV. They chopped the shit out of each other on AEW. I checked it out online too. I don't. I don't know when it actually happened, but I had heard about it, and then I looked it up and found it. And yeah, man, they chopped the shit out of each other. But Joe ended up getting that win, which is dope. So he's got like the uh, the ROH TV title or something. But yeah, you know, it, it's um, I think it's a good tie-in because now it's almost kind of sort of like their their NXT, you know, in AEW. But it's it's a little. I think heavier tied in. I don't really know what NXT is doing now, so I don't know that I could even say that. But it looks like a lot smoother transition between like ROH and AEW, and a lot more like ROH matches having happening on AEW. Uh, you know, that's just like the way way outsider's view of it that I could see because I don't watch enough of it to know. But that's just the vibe I got off of. That that one show. Um, let me see. Oh, oh, Frankie Picard is still looking fucking crazy, man. That that dude looks so fucking pregnant. Um, dude's got eight fucking kids, and he looks like he's pregnant with fucking twins. And, and he dresses in like Star Trek outfits. Star Trek is whack. I'm gonna tell you straight up, like, I think only nerds like Star Trek, and. I don't know how many people are going to be mad at me about that that talk to me to begin with. Yeah, I mean, because I just don't think we see eye to eye on things. I was always a Star Wars kid, but even that, like, I don't fuck with the new Star Wars because, like, a lot of that shit is garbage. And, uh, a Star Trek, that shit's like, Star Trek's like drama. Like, they all just stand around and wait for some shit to happen while they stare off into what what looks like like the outside of the ship, like they're looking through windshield and shit together. And then they they, they go off on some little bullshit. Eh, get the fuck out of here with that Star Trek shit. 
grown ass man in a fucking red shirt pressed up against your belly and shit posing with somebody from the fucking show with that chick that looks like a fucking uh, uh Klingon the, the you know the one that that threatened me when she thought I was talking about TJ's fucking kids that chick that looks like a, a fucking Klingon I guess that's what she was doing there she was looking like a Klingon posing with motherfuckers like Frankie now I think that might be his girlfriend and shit but Remember she said she was going to come fuck me up? I'm still waiting, though. I mean, that shit would be wild to see that ugly motherfucker show up to actually fight a grown man. That'd be wild, though. It'd be crazy watching her get arrested. Like, you came all the way down here for that shit? That'd be dope. I I think that shit would be great. You know? But, uh... I mean, it, it would, I would definitely get pictures. I, I'd make memes out of that bitch. I mean, there, there would be all sorts of shit, but... So I saw she was there with him, and he was looking crazy pregnant and shit. And, uh... Yeah, Captain Dave, um... I saw him him with Zandig. I think that was, like, the only picture I saw with Zandig. And Captain Dave was definitely asking him about the, the staple gun. No question about it. So when he says, like, a bunch of people ask, I would say Captain Dave ask. I just remember Captain Dave because... That's the reason why Captain Dave won't fuck with me no more, cause uh, cause I made fun of Frankie Picard. So I want to make sure that I gave him a shout out when I talk some more shit about Frankie Picard. Cause I don't know, man. Like I, I just don't like like people who hit women. Which not that I know of. I don't know that he does that. But I don't like people who abuse animals. And I don't really know that he did that. You know. Uh, I don't like deadbeat dads though. You know. And and when you have eight fucking kids and all these goddamn hobbies and you you attend conventions that are expensive as fuck, you know, and and cosplay and and, and professional wrestling that doesn't really make you shit for money in your free time, like how much, like what could you really be doing to support all those fucking kids? So somebody's not getting what the fuck they deserve, as far as I'm concerned, because I I got three kids and I tell you it's it's not cheap. You know, you put fucking eight and you got time for all your fucking hobbies. And I see way more about you and your hobbies on the fucking Internet than I see you with fucking kids in general. It's weird. It's real weird. I mean, there might be a couple kids, a kid here and there. There ain't eight. I don't know where the fuck the rest of them at. But, you know, enjoy yourself, bro. You know, just keep enjoying yourself. It's all about you. Keep eating. Keep eating. Eat, eat for eight. You know what I mean? Uh, Will Smith, man. Fuck this motherfucker, too. So he walks up there, and he he's he's a bitch-ass dude. Because, and, and you know, people want to come out talking about this. Oh, they were in an open relationship. Get the fuck out of here, man. She made a fucking fool out of him on TV. That's not an open relationship where she, she went out publicly saying that Will can't fuck. You don't, you don't do shit like that in an open relationship. You both enjoy yourself. You get whatever the fuck you're going to get to fulfill yourself, and they get whatever the fuck they're going to get to fulfill themselves, and they treat each other with respect, and they go out to dinner together, and all this other weird shit. It's all weird shit, but that's what the fuck open relationships will do. Is they'll, they'll actually treat each other civilly and still, you know, cohabitate and still enjoy each other's company. But if they needed this little extra thing for themselves in order to, to be fulfilled, they would do that. And they would do that, like, kind of agreeably, you know, with each other. 
this other shit that was going on is different because he was out there looking like he was going to cry on fucking TV on that red table talk shit. You know? He he was sitting there looking. There was how many fucking memes was Will looking sad on the motherfucking thing while she was talking about fucking this dude? Oh, that's open the relationship when he 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 looks like his dog died. That that's an open relationship. Nah, that's a cuckold. That that that's well, they're not even because a cuckold enjoys that shit. He was not enjoying that shit. He was just a bitch ass dude that didn't know how to fucking stick up for himself. Get the fuck out of there and do his own thing. I don't know if she's got some shit on him or if he's just whipped like that. But he's whipped like that for sure. Because as soon as he saw a bad reaction out of her, after he laughed, he went up there and smacked that man in his fucking face. He took that man's fucking pride. He he, he took his fucking dignity. And he made him look fucking terrible. And I see motherfuckers having the audacity... That now that the, the I guess the Oscars told him they don't come back for a bit, you know, they're like, oh, they let a white man uh, uh, abuse a, a women, uh, they let this other white man rape people, and da, da, da. like they're going at all these other things. Like, what about this person who 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 did this crime and then was allowed back? And what about this person who did this crime and was allowed back in a different color? Yo, are we really at this point now? Are we really at this point now where we're only looking to defend the fucking underdog or, or the uh, the accused? Because because last I fucking checked, the black man just lost his fucking dignity on television, and nobody's fucking standing up for him saying that's some old bullshit. Nobody's saying that yo the guy that was up there doing nothing but his fucking job, and and don't if you come at me with this shit about that yo. Know, he was talking about his wife, or it was offensive. Come on, bro. Yeah, it, it's. Hey, you're gonna be on GIJ and shit. Like, that's not a diss. That's not a diss. And when you're Will Smith, and like, you've been around long enough to, you know, hike on people and fucking yeah, you've said way harsher disses on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You you talk more shit to Jeffrey. Then that motherfucker said to your wife on the fucking stage, this motherfucker said some old mild shit like that, and you disrespect him to that fucking level? Not even in the back, you ain't gonna do no shit like that? And you didn't follow up and whoop his ass later? You just fucking embarrassed the shit out of him on TV and walked the fuck away. I hope he sues him for every fucking thing he's got. And that's not off the table. You know? But, like... To, to come to Will's defense and deal with every part of that. Yeah, motherfuckers, like, still cheering that motherfucker on later that night. And when you talk about white, black, all that other shit, you let a fucking, you let a white dude walk up on fucking stage and smack Chris Rock and see if he's there for the fucking show. I don't think he should have been. I don't think Will should have been. But you think they weren't more hesitant about making a move during that fucking night because Will was black? Possibly. Either way, I think he had preferential treatment. So to treat him like they're only doing this because he's black would, yo, you he got way too much past that night for you to start acting like he was being discriminated against. I don't give a fuck what they do. You, you can't double back and say Will was fucked over. What are you crazy? That that's wild, man. 
and and I think she's a vicious. I I I don't even have the words for it. She's a terrible person, as far as I'm concerned, because she's gone on fucking television talking about Will can't fuck. She's gone on television talking about uh, Tupac was the fucking love of her life. She acts like she settled for Will. You know, you don't hear him out there talking about other other chicks he was with and how she, he he wishes she was still around and all this other shit and that was the love of my life and all this other shit. It's not like they were together when Tupac died. So she's like really like just rewind this whole shit and go back to the time that I was with him because fuck what's going on here. But I'll accent with this other dude and I'll still double back and say, yo, we well you can't fuck by the way. Yeah, he wasn't giving me what I needed and shit. Like you don't. That's like shade on top of open relationship. That's not, that's not just, but somehow, again, she comes out looking all right. He comes out somehow like he was sticking up for his wife and being noble. You can't fucking assault comedians because, (laughs) what the fuck is going on here? Can't fucking possibly believe that shit. And that's, like, this is some of that shit where I can't, I can't rock with y'all because, that shit where we pretend like racism isn't racism depending on which race we're talking about. It's the same conversation. It's the same lingo. It's the same fucking dialogue. But when the tables are flipped, we're going, nah, it's just, you know, that's not really, we're, we're good on that. For instance, so I get I get people saying, you know, well, because I'm a diehard 49er fan. Anyone who knows me knows that. Uh, we'll go on some uh, some of this a little bit, but uh, just first, of, you know, from the race side of things, Colin Kaepernick was a guy who, when he came out um, as as our starter, uh, he was dynamic. He he would take off and run. They didn't know what to fucking do with him. He had a good good arm on him. Um, you know, not the best, but you know, he he, he made some things happen out there. He made some good throws. Uh, definitely made a lot of good plays with his legs, and we had an amazing defense. The year after he did so well and fell short at the Super Bowl, fucking tanked. Like, I had never felt more um, defeated in the first quarter of a football game on such a regular basis than when Cap was quarterback. Because once the NFL figured him out, once the defenses knew what the fuck was up, they he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. He um so he was the fa- he like ran the fastest four five four forty uh ran the fastest forty yard dash a- as a quarterback at the time. So he was the fastest physical running quarterback in the league, but the most sacked quarterback in the league. So how how does that work? Russell Wilson in our division was running fucking scared, but fucking getting out of the way enough to throw downfield to whoever the fuck he had down there. Kaepernick being faster couldn't do shit but hit the fucking ground when people came after him. So, you know, he just he wasn't as crafty. And he started getting a lot more scared because he knew he was going down. So then as soon as he hiked the fucking ball, he would do this happy feet shit where he'd, his, he'd dance back and forth, and then they'd, they'd fucking sack him. Or he'd overthrow. Or he'd throw a pick. 
And it was just, you just knew there was no chance. As soon as you were down 7 nothing, you were like, well, this is going to be a long fucking day. And it was. Time and time again. I'd fucking watch the whole game with my, with my boy Steve. And it, it, we're both Niners fans. And we're like, ah, maybe next week, man. Yeah, all right. Well, all right, man. See you then. And he fucking le- that's That's what I dealt with. And then him being benched for Blaine Gabbert. And at the time... Being a Niner fan going, maybe this will work out. Who fucking knows? That's how fucking bad it was. Where Blaine Gabbert was like, we had hope that this guy would suddenly have found his way after being a fucking failure in Jacksonville and everywhere else. And then being like, maybe this guy will suddenly get it. And no, of course not. But fail. I watched him physically fucking fail on the football field. So when I say fuck this guy because the shit he did was when he, he, he got a backup role and when he knew he wasn't going to be a starter in the league anymore, he started up controversy. He wanted to get attention for himself, which he did very much so, and he's still getting it. And he, he got himself millions more dollars off of this, you know, as he you might call it, movement that he's doing. But if I say that, nah, this dude doesn't deserve a job in the league. He hasn't played football in, what, five years? And people are still going, they should have him in the league right now. Like, he should get another chance. The guy hasn't played NFL football in five years. You're watching him on a practice field with nobody fucking playing defense against anything. Not on the fucking DBs, not on the fucking, uh, not on the line, nothing. No fucking defense, no rush, no hurry, no nothing. Just stand there and throw fucking balls. And, oh, my God, what do you mean? Look how great he is. He's amazing. What the fuck are you talking about? So which which game do you think is going to go like that where nobody's fucking out there and nobody's putting any kind of pressure on him? But but if I say shit like that, like in the in the you know one of these football groups online, you get people come out of the woodwork. Oh, he's you're, I know I know why you don't like him. I could see by your picture why you might not like him, and we all know why. Like shit like that. Like bro. Like yeah. Oh, now I'm a fucking racist. But right. So. Trey Lance got a tattoo covering his whole fucking back. So it's it's really nice work. I mean, not my type of shit, for the most part, because you know I'm I'm just not a really religious person. But his whole back is done up. The one side it has like a a cross that just is like skin color in the middle. And on the one side of the cross there's a lion's face, and on the other side there's Jesus. And on the top it says Child of God. On the you know says child on the side with the line of in the middle God on the other end so like you know really nice piece right love it or hate it whatever again I wouldn't I wouldn't get it not my type of thing but like really well done in all this motherfuckers came out of the fucking woodwork oh you got a white man you got a white man on your back that's bullshit uh, oh shake my head you got a white man tatted on your skin da 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 what can can somebody explain racism to me? Because I'm not really sure that any of that shit sounds cool to me. You know what I mean? Like, again, I'm not even that religious to be like, yo, how could you say that about Jesus or whatever? I'm just like, yo, why is it so cool to just openly be like, 
yo, I don't respect you because you got a white man tatted on your skin. And then, like, when I'm like, nah, dude, he's not a good quarterback, I'm like, you're a racist. What the fuck? Yo, that is so fucking far apart. Like, one is such a blatant racist statement, and the other one's like, you know he watched every fucking game he played front to back, right? Like, you, you do know that, like, he could have formed an opinion based off of what he saw on four quarters of fucking football that you didn't watch. Because if you're not a Niner fan, don't tell me you watch fucking Cardinals-Niners twice a fucking year, you know, when both teams weren't fucking breaking 500. Like, don't, don't fucking tell me that, that you were watching all of that shit that I was watching. So... All that other shit could go to fucking garbage because fuck are you talking about? But this is what I mean. Like, there's got to be a fucking, there's got to be a reality set to it. Because, look, I don't have a problem with calling out somebody who's being racist. I don't have a problem with, with some being called out for, um, you know, injustice or whatever kind of, you know, just bigotry. But we, all, we really got to, we really got to be equal with this shit. We shouldn't tolerate shit that, that's so blatantly fucking bigoted. You know. It, it just it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. To me, again, as I've said before, when you, when you stay inconsistent, it, it, inconsistent, it hurts your movement as a whole. You know? If you stay consistent in your thoughts, you can say, well, this is what I stand for, period, and I won't stop until everything is equal and until everything is, is uh, you know, we're just looked at as people and it, does, it doesn't involve color and this and this. That's, you know, that's, that's something, you know, you can get behind and you could say, yo, I, I believe in that. But then when you turn around and be like, hey, bro, how you going to get a white man tatted on your skin? Like, whoa, who the fuck? You ain't part of no kind of equality movement. You ain't got shit to do with equality. You, you're offended by the white man's fucking face. Why, why is it a white man? Because I wouldn't see, like, you know, somebody get a, a Black Panther or, or somebody, you know, tattoo and be like, why you got a black man on you? Because that shit would sound crazy to me. It sounds just as crazy when you say it to me. You know what I mean? That just, it, it, just, it just does. You know what I mean? I'm talking about it now, but, like, I don't let it fuck my day up or anything like that. But, but it does sound crazy, and I just like to point that shit out because it does sound fucking crazy. You can't flip the fucking tables and it'd be like, nah, that sounds normal, but the other shit, we should go get that motherfucker. Like, what do you, you can't, you can't be that mad about shit that you do so fucking fluently, you know? Stand against bigotry or don't, but that, that's not a, I don't think that's, a, that's an option. And again, um, if you're going to stand up for the black man, you're going to keep, um, you know, uh, trying to trying to uh, pony up, trying to trying to white knight as they say, <laughs> even though, you know, um, for Will Smith on, on behalf of race, where does Chris Rock stand in your in your world? Why, why does that guy not get your support? He he was doing his fucking job and he did his job to a great fucking extent, you know. For him to be in the position he was at the Oscars up there on stage like that, that's a huge accomplishment. Just as Will's accomplishments were for up being up there getting awards. But when one guy is tearing another guy down, which is not what the fuck Chris was doing. Chris was doing comedy, and, and honestly, it was, it was a weak-ass joke. And nothing to be offended over. 
But, you know, he's out there doing his fucking job. That shit is crazy. So, I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with that, man. And I, I fucked with Will for a long time. I, I've said even on this show that I think he, he was underrated as a rapper because when my, my early, early, like one of my very first tapes was, um, he's the DJ, I'm the rapper. And, you know, you, you go through some of those fucking tracks and like that dude was spitting, man, for, for, especially for back then. Like he was, he was, he was good. But you know that shit came became real poppy, and then you know went into the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and then he just kind of got wrote off because his, you know, gangster rap took hold, and there you know there was more of that going on. He just he just, he just became more of the commercial rapper and shit, and he became not as cool in the, like the rap community and shit. But like back then, like he's the DJ on the rapper, like this shit, this shit was legit. As far as I was concerned, especially, you know, with the, the shit they were doing with the beatboxes and all that shit. Like, yo, that shit was legit. And then I fucked with Fresh Prince. And then I fucked with the movies he was in, the fucking Men in Black and Independence Day and all this shit. You know, Will's been doing his fucking thing for a long goddamn time. So I've been supporting that dude, you know, but this is some coward shit. This is some straight-up coward shit. Because why the fuck did Chris Rock deserve that fucking, that knock to his fucking brand? You know what this shit is, man. You've been way too involved in Hollywood and entertainment of all fucking sorts to not know what the fuck that that does to a guy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's disgusting, man. That type of shit should be really um, frowned upon. And I don't think it was enough, to be honest with you. But yeah, um, I think that's about all I got. Let me talk to Debo shit real quick. Um, fuck this guy. man. If this is what's going on, and you know they they're saying it as fact now, like he's he's officially requested a trade. Um, I I don't fucking respect that shit at all. I mean, first off, you got at this point. Motherfuckers don't fulfill their contract. As soon as they get one year from the fucking end, they're like, fucking trade me if you don't pay me. It's like, well, hold up. Don't you have to play another year on this bitch? Yeah, but I don't want to play for you. I'll fucking sit out. And that's why everybody makes so much fucking money that you could afford to just take a year off if you want. And then next year you'd just be sought after because you just put out some training videos and shit. But, you know, the unprofessionalism should definitely knock some fucking money out of your account. Um, and it would be, you know, missing a year, but besides that, like, people shouldn't be so willing to pony up, pay you a whole bunch of fucking money if, you know, you'll turn on a team that way, because Debo was all Niners, he he was, he he was all in, and you know, what happened this, this past year was, Debo had the biggest year of his, his career, you know, I mean, he's, he's only three years in, but, um, he he had the biggest year of his career, but he was being used as a running back. He was being used so much in screen passes and and end of rounds and all just straight up flat out running plays. And this dude snapped. He did so fucking good as a dual threat from running back. That, because we had everybody from Raheem Mostert 
to Trey Sermon to Elijah Mitchell to uh, James Hasty. You had everybody going the fuck out. Jim Michael, I said uh, James. But, um, you know, we had everybody going the fuck out. And Debo stepped the fuck up. And he, he did his goddamn thing. Um, he started calling himself a wide back. He's like, yo, I made my own position. It's a, it's a wide back. It's a wide receiver that plays running back. And he said that shit with a smile on his face and everything. And now there's like these conflicting reports. That it's not about the money. He didn't like the way he was being used last year because that could shorten his career. Get the fuck out of here. You can't, you can't have one fucking vibe on something the whole fucking year. They would ask him, like, what do you feel about playing running back? Da, da, da. And every fucking time, he would just be like, yeah, man, like, anywhere I can get touches, I'm all about it. Like, he, he was shot out of a fucking cannon. But as his success rose, you watched his ego rise, too. You know, you could see some of the – and, look, I, I'm on some shit where, like, if my fucking – if the guys on my team have a big fucking ego and they're playing great, I'm fucking behind their ego. You know, hey, man, goddamn right. You know, it's my bike punk. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you get hyped, but then you start reflecting on that shit when they turn on your team, and you're like, mm, yeah, that wasn't a safe thing. That was just that's just all right because he was on your team. Like they would ask him, like going towards the playoffs, like, you know, have you watched any of Cooper Cup's film? You know, because that that guy, you know, he's he's the only receiver above you in yards right now, and uh, whatever. Or, you know, something like that. And uh, he's like, why would I watch anybody else on film? They can't do what I could do. So why would I even bother watching what they could do? Like, he's like, what the fuck? And again, you know, hey, man, get get a chip on your shoulder. Fuck that shit. Let's go through these playoffs. Fuck everybody, you know. But then, like, when that guy turns on your team, you're like, oh, wait, he don't really, you know. And I don't know. It's just... I don't think it's anything about how he was fucking played. Because, again, even if you looked at it as, like, yo, that workload was crazy, I just told you, our running backs all were going out. Now, you got Trey Lance coming in, who's a running quarterback on top of it. So now you only you have another running option in him just taking the fuck off if there's an opening. So you're going to want more receiver running routes because now you have that play option, that play action, you know, where he could roll out and take the fuck off. And then, uh, you know, you got running backs coming back. And they, they're going to, you know, they're going to solidify the fucking running. To, to have the amount of injuries in our backfield that we had isn't going to be like an every year fucking thing. I mean, we're going to get somebody fucking healthy and be able to play back. And, you know, you would protect your own fucking guy's contract, especially if you went out and paid Debo $23 million, which I heard was the offer that he just now, he's not willing to even talk to us. Like, 23 fucking million dollars? Like, Bruh. And he legitimately had one great fucking year. I mean, he showed potential through his other two, but he had one great fucking year. And that was this one. This one that he was used in this fashion. So, again, like, his value was brought on by the way he was used to show his capabilities. No one's going to spend more money on him in order for him to do less. So I don't believe that for one second 
it's about the workload that was being put on him. Because who the fuck is going to go shell out all that money just to get less because he was tired of being overworked in San Francisco? Who the fuck's going to need him to work less? We got the best fullback in the league with Juice blocking for him. We got the best fucking tight end in the league, in my opinion, or if not the best, one of the best tight ends in the league, and George Kittle, one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, for fucking this year, blocking for him. You know, but you got that guy at fucking tight end. You got that guy at fullback. I mean, with those other weapons on the field, you got Ayuk out there. With those other weapons on the field, who's going to need less out of him? So, I find it hard to believe that it comes down to workload. That's not the way he played. That wasn't his attitude. His attitude, and he was telling people straight up, like, you better hit me before I hit you, and shit like that. Like, he was about running people over. He was about that highlight reel, whatever. Um, One thing I had heard the possibility is that it was about guaranteed money. That I'll believe, because if it's about guaranteed money, he plays so physical and so reckless I can understand why guaranteed money might scare a team because you play so fucking reckless, you cannot sustain a long career playing that way. There's no way Debo takes that that career like long, long playing that hitting people head on type shit. He's a bad motherfucker. He really is. I, I one of my absolute favorite players on the team. He was, um, but this is some bitch shit. And it's like this, this, uh, everything's bling bling shit. Everything needs, you know, fucking watches and fucking chains. And I, I don't know, man. It's never really appealed to me. Um, at a very short stint where I gave a fuck about that shit at all. And it was like 18 years old for like fucking six months. And then, then that was it. I had gold fronts and I had a, a chain, a herringbone, and a, a fucking, uh, like a ring or some shit. But that that was it cuz I just like had the money at the time because uh I yeah, like tax shit or whatever fuck. But uh and then I lost all that shit. You know what I mean, but like I it, it didn't make fucking sense. To me like it it never really appealed to me like that. And and I've always seen jewelry as chick shit, man. Like there's, there's jewelry that, that looks fine on a dude or whatever. It doesn't, like, you know, look bad, so to say. But I think, like, the more interested you are in, like, shiny, sparkly shit, like, that's just not man shit. That's not, like, like you wouldn't be a rugged dude that works hard and grimy and fucking be all about, like, a blingy ass chain and fucking wrists and shit like what the fuck are you yeah i mean that you to me it strikes me more like you're trying to be a princess it doesn't make me think you're trying to be a bad motherfucker you ain't trying to be out there like yo i'm out here yeah i mean you're like yo look, look at me and if i don't fuck what the fuck is that i don't i just don't identify with that shit so and, and i think that that plays a lot into the way that these motherfuckers are living out there because it's like when you look at twenty three million dollars a year and you're like, Yeah, that's not enough. We, we we can't even talk. What the fuck is going on, man? Now one million dollars could set me for fucking life and some. You know? 
these motherfuckers are talking about one year's time making $23 million and being turned off by that offer. What the fuck is going on, man? Like, shit. And it's just, again, it's a shame because, like, the type of nitpicking bullshit that we're doing on this. And then there's the other thing where um, he he came out and he made a video last week saying that because uh, because uh, he was, like, he had deactivated, uh, not deactivated, he had um, taken all, like, Niner pictures off of his Instagram and uh, taken his face, his, his profile picture off and all mentions of the Niners. And that was supposedly, like, a tactic to try to, like, make them really, like, step up their offer or whatever the fuck. So I guess people started sending him death threats and racist shit and all this stuff. So now some fucking people are coming out, like, the fans are going, like, yeah, that's because our fans were racist and sending them deaths. Like, bro, are you fucking kidding me? Like, the Jets fans have, like, a death threat season. You know what I mean? Where they're just like, you know, it's that time of week, man. Who'd you threaten this week? You know what I mean? Ah, I sent the kickers fucking... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's there's no fucking way that you're going to pin it down to, like, this is an isolated incident, and how dare those goddamn Niner fans. Like, dude, first off, like, obviously, I don't feel that way about Debo, you know, to be... Um, I'm not going to be rooting for this fucking guy if he leaves us on this this Diva bullshit. But um, I, I wouldn't be like, I'm racist now. So, like, obviously, you know, the racist comments, the, that shit was around before the he decided... You know, he was going to hold out or he was going to uh, take Niner stuff off his page. Because this is before he just demanded, not demanded, but he asked for a trade today, supposedly. And, um, you know, but this is before all of this. And that's what people are trying to say led to the fucking trade. Either the way Shanahan was using him or all oh, these goddamn fans with their racism. Again, like, you're not going to find a single fan base in the United States that's not going to have a portion of their fan base be complete shitheads. There's just, there's no way. You can't get that many people in any fucking group. Go join a fucking group of anything that you like on Facebook right now. Guaranteed you'll fucking hate five people in that group by the end of the fucking week. There's no way. Like, you find the most fucking terrible, disagreeable pieces of shit in every fucking genre that you like to many i may be that guy in wrestling (laughs) in the wrestling groups every time i like something this guy points out how he beats women uh or or every time i like something this guy points out how it sucks i mean maybe i am that guy in some people's wrestling minds but i don't i stay out of these groups and shit like this because you know but anyway and this is this is my group. So I, you just not listen to this shit if if I'm that guy. Because I don't listen to any fucking podcasts that, that feature these jerk-offs on these fucking groups. Because I, I just don't. I try to try to listen to shit that entertains me. But, um, but yeah, that's... I, I just, uh... I, I hate that it comes to this now, you know? This guy's still on a rookie contract, and, and right away it's like, yeah, one good year, and it's like, good fucking luck keeping me. And it's like, bro, why does it... Outside of him signing with the Chiefs, because that's, like, one of the big uh, possibilities is if he winds up in the trade market, the Chiefs being really, uh, 
fucking ignited to go get him. Um, and there's also the option that the Niners just go like, no, we're not fucking trading you. Go fuck yourself, kid. And he's just going to have to play for us. And he can be disgruntled or whatever he wants to do all year, but if he doesn't produce well or if he shows himself to be completely unprofessional, that's going to bring his fucking price down. So we might get another good fucking year out of him because he's going to try to up his fucking value. And, and then that'll be that. Um, I'm I'm kind of, at this point, like, I would have a hard time rooting for him all year knowing he pulled this type of shit and wanting out and all of that. So, I mean, for me, I... I I don't know. I, I kind of, at this point, would rather them cut ties, and if they can get, like, two first-round draft picks and a second or some silly shit like that, like, they would need something big, you know, something to really be like, wow, I didn't, I can't believe that we got this much out of this. Um, because I think he's worth that. I think he's that talented, and this is the time, you know. Once he fucking starts blowing them fucking knees out and shit like that with the physical play that he, he throws out there, it's bound to happen. You know, like I said, he's only a couple of years in this league. He's been banged up here and there, but nothing severe yet. And, you know, of course, you, you're not really hoping for the guy to get injured until he's not a Niner. Um, but once once that's the case, you know, either way, he plays really physical. And I would worry about him even long-term with the Niners. Um, I, I would obviously take that chance because he's that talented. But again, guaranteed money, I, I would understand why a team would go, mm, let's not make it guaranteed money. We'll pay you a shitload of money, but like you're going to have to stay healthy because like we're not going to just pay the fucking guy on the bench You know, when you're running head-on into people and shit. You know? So, I get it, but yeah, it, it's sad, and it's definitely not some shit that I wanted to see at all. Really fuck my mood up because uh, I'm a huge Debo fan. And I have to go from that to just being like, yeah, fuck this guy. So... Yeah, that's that's pretty much that. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, everything I got. If I forgot anything, uh, I'll tell you. Uh, check out Shaheen doing his thing over there at uh, Apocalypse Now. or uh, Break the Apocalypse, I think that's what it's called. Uh, and then uh, what's, what's it? Planet Mondo. That's the other one that I was on. Um and then uh, check out my man Jeremy over it. I got you five stars doing his shit. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about all. I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. At some point. Weeks? Days? Months? Who fucking knows? I don't know. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's rain again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So what I make you 
Bush. Like, Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Juza Kids Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.